All right, what's up? I hope you're all okay. It's Wednesday the 20th of January, 2021. Yeah, January, what can we say? We thought we were going to start the new year with a bang and we find ourselves back in the same predicament that we was in last year. I mean, to be honest, if you think about it, we really should have seen it coming. There's no way it was going to be New Year's Day 2021 and everything would just go back to normal. We knew it was going to be maybe not as bad as it has been. We've just heard this morning the um, the not being able to, to get the vaccine out as quickly as possible and the death toll is still rising. But I mean, we can only do what we can do to look after ourselves. The people in those places and positions are doing the best with the resources they've got. Whether they need to do better or not is not for me to say. All we can do is look after each other and do our bit and play our part in society. If that means that I'm doing a little bit of good with some of the content that we're putting out on incremental gains, really, I'm kind of just helping myself. It's my self-care. It's what I do to get me through tough times, to make myself feel a little bit better, feel as though I'm contributing a little bit more. If there's no one else listening, that's fine. It's kind of my own therapy. Like I said, my own self-care. To be honest, this episode... I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to record this um, a podcast, a book review this week because I'm still currently reading books that I will review on a future a future episode. And I bought this book a while ago and it appeared on my Kindle, What to Read Next. And I bought it because I was fascinated or I am fascinated with the way successful people, entrepreneurs, I'm interested, fascinated by the mindset the beliefs, the values, and the way they carry themselves and the thought processes of successful people. And the book, Invent and Wonder, The Collected Writings of Jeff Bezos, who is, at this moment in time, the richest man in the world. And I thought, if you can't learn anything about maybe business, how to deal with people, not necessarily how to make money, maybe attitudes and philosophies about money, psychology of money. If you can't learn stuff like that from the richest man in the world, who can you learn it from? When you talk about the top 1% of people, he is in the 0.0000001% of the world, the richest man in the world, and the book didn't disappoint. It's not a massive read. Uh, it's by Walter Isaacson, by the way. Um, if you want to hear more about Walter Isaacson, he's written books on arguably some of the most successful people that has ever lived. Namely, Leonardo da Vinci, Benjamin Franklin, Steve Jobs, and Albert Einstein. Written biographies on all these 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 people throughout history. who really, in terms of content and influence, still live amongst us now. And Walter Isaacson collected the writings, the speeches of Jeff Bezos and put them in a more concise, um, digestible and easy-to-read format. And Walter Isaacson does the introduction. I'm often asked who, of all the people living today, I would consider to be in the same league as those I have written about as a biographer. 
Leonardo da Vinci, Benjamin Franklin, Ada Lovelace, Steve Jobs and Albert Einstein. All were very smart. But that's not what made them special. Smart people are a dime a dozen and often don't amount to much. What counts is being creative and imaginative. That's what makes someone a true innovator. And that's why my answer to the question is Jeff Bezos. If you don't know who Jeff Bezos is, he owns Amazon. He is the inventor of Amazon. But the way the book runs, the first part, first half of the book is made up of letters that Jeff Bezos has written at the end of the financial years to the shareholders. Now you might start thinking, Jesus Christ, that is boring. If you've ever seen any interviews with Jeff Bezos or listening to him talk, he's got a great personality. He's quite witty, he's funny. So the way the letters are written are actually written in that in that kind of way that they're not just official, boring reporting letters. They're quite they're quite interesting, quite personal. The second part of the book, Walter Isaacson has done a great job in collecting a lot of Jeff Bezos's speeches, commencement speeches, graduation speeches from um, various alumni, dinners and stuff in in America. Um, interviews, annotated interviews and stuff. And, and this is where we really get into some of the ideas and the thoughts and into the mindset of the richest man in the world. So if you want to hear more about the author, Walter Isaacson, he does appear on the Tim Ferriss show, um, episode 273. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to hear an interview with him. Um, like I said, he's, he's written books on Leonardo da Vinci, Albert Einstein, to name a few. So an interesting thing about Jeff Bezos when he was asked about his attitude toward wealth. So he owns 16% of Amazon. And I've just written down in the notes here, as of September the 13th, as of September the 13th, 2018, Amazon's value, as of this writing, so the book was written in July 6th, 2020, Amazon's value is now 1.44 trillion pounds. Amazon's value, I'm going to say that again. Amazon's value, as of this writing, July the 6th, 2020, is now 1.44 trillion. Jeff Bezos owns 16%. And when he asked about wealth, he talked about it like this. He says he doesn't look... He never wanted to be the richest man in the world. He never wanted to be the second richest man in the world. He's quite humble in that respect. He wanted to be just known as the best father, the best friend, the best husband. And when he talks, when he he, he was asked about his his wealth, he says he doesn't look as though he has sixteen percent of Amazon. He looks at it as though he has created eight hundred and forty billion pounds of wealth for other people. So he's not looking at himself. He's saying, I've created this much wealth for other people. So even though it's a good, I think it's a good good way of getting around. You see, a lot of people think about the richest men in the world, the greedy. They're just out for themselves. The greedy, they want more money. More money makes more money. The poor get poorer. The richer get richer. But the attitude that Jeff Bezos has got is, yeah, he's made his money. He's made billions and billions of pounds. But he's created 840 billion pounds of wealth for other people. I thought that was an interesting 
an interesting way of looking at it, an idea behind it. So the second part of the book is around various ideas and chapters to get Jeff Bezos's thoughts and ideas about things. And one of the most interesting topics was about AI. Obviously, Amazon's got um, the Alexa. And he talks about AI. And he's such... Oh, is that just the fact that I said Alexa? Now Alexa's started going, so I can't say that name again. What's, what is an interesting little segue, though, that I read from the book? People talk about um, that these... I won't say a name again. But these um, these home AI docks, where they can control your lights, they can control your audio systems, they can control alarms. People assume that they think that they're open all the time, so they're listening now. They're listening to our voices and they're capturing all this information. Whereas Jeff Bezos talks about in the book that there's a fail safe fail safe system on the um, on the pieces of technology where. Once you say the name, the activation name, which I'm not going to say because she'll start talking to me. Once that is triggered, then it starts listening to you. Because obviously they have to collect all the voices and all that kind of stuff to be able to understand what you're saying and enough variations of it that they can get it right and answer your questions and your queries. But they're only activated once you give that that safe word almost. I just thought that was that was interesting as well. All these conspiracy theorists thinking like they just sat there, these devices listening to us, collecting information. So yeah, he was asked about AI. And obviously he's a computer engineer. He knows about code. But it still surprised me how his response was just so like mechanical and technical and almost like emotionless. And it was really funny because he talks about AI and the power of AI, and why we will never, why it's not close yet to having AI kind of recreate human brain. There's still a long way to go. And he describes it like this, that humans have already learned so many different skills. We are able to map those skills onto new skills in a very efficient way. So he's talking about the human brain is very efficient, as an efficient way of learning, whereas AI, they're not able to, to quite recreate that way. The human champion has played thousands of games of, of Go, the, the game that they're using to, to have the benchmark between whether AI is catching up to humans. Played thousands of games, not millions, and they're almost at the same level, but the human is doing something fundamentally different. Our power output as humans is so efficient. AlphaGo is an example that uses thousands and thousands of watts of power. However, the human champion of the game uses 50 watts. So thousands and thousands of power of watts of power compared to just 50 watts. Our brains somehow do unbelievably complex calculations incredibly power efficiently. So that's the gap that they're trying to bridge. We are so efficient in our learning. If you think like how long it takes you to learn how to drive a, a car, how long it takes you to learn a, a skill. And like Jeff Bezos is saying, we can map it and map it and layer on top. So once we've learned one skill, like Musashi says, the great samurai warrior, once you can see the way broadly, you can see it in all things. So once you kind of have a way of learning a skill, you can apply that same 
strategy to learn other skills, whereas the computer doesn't have that yet. But just the way he uses the fact that as humans, we're power efficient. We use very low wattage as opposed to a computer. So let's get in to the best bit of the book. The best bit of the book was when Jeff Bezos talks about space. So we started um, the Blue Origin Company, which is about space travel, so similar to um, Elon Musk. So the big question we need to ponder is, why do we need to go to space? Jeff Bezos' answer is different from the common Plan B argument. The Earth gets destroyed and you want to be somewhere else. We need an alternative. It's unmotivating and doesn't work for me. When I was in high school, I wrote, the Earth is finite. And if the world economy and population are to keep expanding, space is the only way to go. I still believe this. The question, what's the best planet in this solar system, is easy to answer because we have sent robotic probes to all other ones. Some inspections have been flybys, but we've examined them all. Earth is the best planet, not even close. So that's what Jeff Bezos says about his his argument of of what the problem is around space. And his, his, his idea is basically to build space colonies. So we're not actually committed to living on a planet. We're going to build space colonies, like something you see on Star Trek or, or Star Wars. We don't actually have to have landed on another planet. So again, he explains it again around energy. We have an ever-increasing demand for energy. So the resources on Earth, what he's saying essentially is the resources on Earth are going to end up running out because we have an ever-increasing demand for energy. And once we become energy efficient, which we are, we use more energy. So he says there's a 3% compound growth rate already. So what happens when unlimited demand meets finite resources? The answer is incredibly simple. Rationing. That's the path we could find ourselves on. And that path would lead for the first time to your grandchildren and their grandchildren having worse lives than you. And that's a bad path. So that's a strange thing when you think about it, isn't it? Of all the things that we've created and in terms of the internet and all the, the platforms now that people can use to, to get themselves out there and the resources that we've got at hand, because of the finite resources Earth has, it could end up a point where we use that much resources that they need to be rationed out. So rather than rather than us growing exponentially, which what is what we have been doing since like the microchip got um, invented, it comes to a point where that exponential growth stops and we have to start rationing out how much energy you can use per household and the devastating effect that would have on all your, your household objects, the internet of things. I mean, I'm sure you've all seen it if you've got young children and there's no data left on your phone when they want to watch whatever they want to watch, YouTube, Netflix. So imagine if it was rationed. That is the danger. That is the real danger. And Jeff Bezos' program is saying that we can solve these problems by all the resources that we need are available in space with this Blue Origin program. A bit of a mindfuck, really, because he's saying that it's not Jeff Bezos's job and Elon Musk's job at the moment to create these these space colonies. It's their job at the moment to build a platform. So like Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, he didn't build the internet. He didn't build mobile phones. 
he didn't build the delivery networks, the UPSs and the, the FedEx, them platforms, that infrastructure was already in place. So then when Jeff Bezos came along and invented Amazon, everything was in place for him, ready to to produce this this store, this everything store. So what he's saying is Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos with the, the Blue Origin program and Je Elon Musk with SpaceX can build an infrastructure and a platform so all these new generations of scientists and entrepreneurs and technicians and startups will already have the infrastructure that are ready for them as a platform to build these space colonies. So it won't be in our generation, it might, be, might, might not be in the next generation, but the generation after that, these platforms will have been built, that infrastructure will have been built for them as a launch pad. And it's interesting where it's going to go. And we can't, we can only base it on what's happened before. I mean, before the internet, did anybody actually know that the internet would be coming and what that would lead to the YouTube channels, the, the social media platforms? So we can't possibly imagine what will come next because we've not got anything to relate it to. Honestly, this book blew me head off a little bit. It wasn't what I expected whatsoever. He, even got, he goes on to talk about, as you could imagine, running teams, how to lead people, thoughts on on um, how to deal with difficult people, people who are contrary and always uh, combative in the office, in the workplace. Really interesting, but I'll let you read them for yourself. I don't want to do the, inju the injustice of, of telling you everything that happens in the book. But those two, those two um, essays for me were worth the price of the book alone. His thoughts on space blew me head off and the, the talk on AI. And if someone from Jeff Bezos' point of view is saying that quite a long way away off, yeah, creating AI that, that can um, simulate a human brain and how quickly we process things kind of makes you grateful and unbelievably appreciative of how special we kind of are as, as humans and our potential. And if we're not striving to to achieve our potential or fulfill our potential, we're kind of wasting really, aren't we? We're wasting what we've been given, this superb processing machine that on a little segue, an insight that I had the other week, I've, I've spoken about this a few times recently, but we're all affected by reality. Reality, how perception of reality affects our thoughts, our actions, our emotions on a, on a, on a daily basis. But have you ever stopped to think that we... We get all this, we consume all this information through our senses and our brain processes it. But our brain is inside our head. Our brain never sees, never experiences the external world. Your brain is, is inside your head, inside a skull. Your brain will never ever see the outside world, but yet it affects our view of reality. Every second, every microsecond, Every decision we make, every action we take, every every time we react, every time we perceive an event. The brain that never sees the outside world, the external, is the one that guides us in whether it's good or bad. And that's crazy, isn't it? Absolute crazy. But anyway, I've rambled long enough. Check this book out, honestly. It was a little gem. Invent and Wonder. The Collected Writings of Jeff Bezos, with an introduction by Walter Isaacson. Superb. Anyway, check it out. Let me know what you think. And I'll see you again soon.
Sakiriza.